0: I put on this sexy Courtney outfit and I went to show my man and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, you got time before the call? And I was like, no, oh, you <laughs> motherfucker. If you didn't want it while I was in my sweatpants all day, you ain't going to have it before my big show, my big interview. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I got two minutes. <laughs> oh, you inspire me. Hello and welcome to the Carson Daly show former teacher turned top model Courtney Tillia is here. The only thing more famous than Courtney's bang and bod is the story of her quitting her job as a special educator to pursue content curation. Now she is here on my show to teach us a thing or two about being sexy online. Hello, Courtney. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited to do this. Like I told my producers we were doing this. They're all like, this is going to be like your best show yet. So I'm so <laughs> happy. And I, I miss so you. Excited. And it's just amazing to see too. your face. Oh my God. I know. I'll be back soon. And we will be getting together in yeah? person for big hugs. Yes, definitely. But So let's get started. I want to start by just saying like, you had a fucking hell of a year in 2022. You were on Dr. Phil, you had your socials held hostage, you made over a million fucking (laughs) bags, you got a new smile, you launched a free onboarding manual for teachers, you walked in your first New York Fashion Week show, the list goes on and on. That's just the stuff that I saw. So how do you feel? It's a new year. How do you feel about last year?
1: It's been an incredible year. Like you kind of forget about all the things that you've accomplished when you start like going through photos and memories. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was this year. Uh, My husband, Nick, he was like, you went skydiving this year? And I was like, yeah, crazy, because
0: that seems like so long ago that I did that. But there was so much and it's been such a great year. It's so amazing. And I think like it's also part of it is like when your time becomes like your own time again, like you're not. So we're going to like talk about this, but like you're not locked into the like Monday through Friday, nine to five, 38 weeks a year, like your time is your own and you just start (laughs) filling it up and you're like, oh my God, I've done it all. It's so amazing. And with things that you actually want to do. Yes, exactly. And speaking of that, you are, you are like a very diversified entrepreneur, like you, what are for listeners, like what are all of your different revenue streams, like coaching and distribution of content, exclusive content creation, like tell me everything. There's so much. I remember
1: one time working with a coach and she was like, you know, how many streams of revenue do you have? And I was like, one. And she was like, eh, we want to have a lot more than that. And I was like, okay. And so I really started like working on that from things like, from the very beginning, like selling things on Poshmark or selling old things from around the house. Got really good at that. But currently um, I have coaching. So I do a little bit of that still in person or one-on-one. Um, but I have digital programs that sell by themselves. I have, like you said, my OnlyFans training course. Um, I have three OnlyFans pages that I run. I'm on Playboy Centerfold, which is its own kind of like online page. Um, Exclusive content. Um, I'm trying to think of all the different things. Uh, (laughs) Social media, monetizing like different platforms, TikTok and stuff like that. Um, So there's just a lot of different ways. And you know what I found too, is that when you can diversify your income, it takes the pressure off of one thing right? Like Mm -hmm. it used to be like all my pressure was on to make money through coaching. And when I started OnlyFans, it took the pressure off of the coaching and allowed
0: me to actually make more money through coaching because there wasn't so much pressure. So true. So true. It's like when you stop like obsessing over it, like Nick actually posts about this a lot too, like on his stories. And he's like, when you stop obsessing over this thing, when you let it come to you, when you like do other movements in your life to like open up and make space for something to come in, like it always it always works. So I love that so fucking much personally. Yep. that's like my journey that I'm on this year. And last year, last year, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna go with the flow. And now like things I'm just making room for things. But I want to talk about like you, you talk you talked a little bit about like centerfold and only fans and what are like all of the different platforms that you are on and like what in If you can, like in order of where you started, like what the first one was to like what the latest one was.
1: Yeah. So I guess technically, like very first when I ever started, like I started selling content on Instagram back in like 20, I don't even remember, 2015 maybe when I was a broke teacher. We started selling content before, like, can we pay you like a couple hundred bucks for some like nudes and stuff? And we were broke. I was like, "How are we gonna, how yeah. gonna eat?" People <laughs> paying two hundred dollars to see me nude—like that's groceries for the whole week. Um, <laughs> so started on there, and even some on Snapchat. Um, and then in twenty nineteen, um, I started seeing this thing about OnlyFans, and I was like, "That'd be really cool to like have a space where I could express myself." Mm-hmm. Instagram's community guidelines have, had gotten so mm-hmm. annoying by that point, and it's only increased by oh, yeah. since then. But so I joined. OnlyFans in 2019 as a like subscription base. So people yeah. had to pay 20.99 dollars per month to get my content. Mm-hmm. And I started off really just doing implied. I didn't show anything um, to start. And it was just kind of photos that I already had taken that I just nice. wanted a place to put them and share them with the world. Um, and then since then, I've created a free page um, that has 53,000 subscribers on it, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And so that one, I know... That one is like pay-per-view content. So I post the things that I can no longer post on Instagram on there mm-hmm. that are still like clothed but sexy. Mm-hmm. And then I sell content based on like what you want to buy. Um And then now I have a third OnlyFans page that is a store. So okay. the same way as like you can go on Amazon and you can shop anytime, any, whenever you want. Like nobody yeah. has to be there to be like, Carson, do you want something? Yes. yes um, yes that's how the store is. It's just like a store of content. You can go there and you can shop anytime that you want.
0: I love that so much. So what, like, what were the early days like a building? Because obviously you don't just like wake up one day and have, you know, whatever. Two, what do you have? Like 200,000 subscribers, like across all of the different like pages, like on OnlyFans. I, I think that
1: that's misconstrued in the media. I only have, I have like 60,000 between all my Well, pages, we're going to say
0: 200,000 here. I, I love that. Let's go with <laughs> we're that. We're <Yeah>. manifesting <laughs> it. But like, obviously you don't wake up one day and just like have a following. Everybody starts yeah. at, in the same playing field. Everybody starts from scratch. Like, what were those early days right. like, a building?
1: Um. So actually, it started with Nick. He did all of it. Oh my God, um, I, I really wanted to get into modeling and express myself, but I didn't think that I met the criteria like a lot of women do, mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm not hot enough. I don't have the body. I don't have the look or whatever. And so he started taking my – I got into bodybuilding because I thought that that was my avenue into getting yeah. into modeling. And so I started doing like progress pics and he would do my progress pics every nice. week and then they would get a little sexier and a little sexier. And he started managing my Instagram and he would post all of my content on Instagram and he grew it to 40,000. Oh um, and it was private. I went by a different name since I was still a school teacher. Um, and a funny story is that actually the school that we worked at at the time, they, um, how their internet worked is that it saved anything that people were looking at. And so people were looking at <laughs> my photos on the school's <laughs> wifi. And so all of my like sexy content had been saved to the school server and the administration had gotten access to all of it. Oh my God. Yeah. They're too nervous to talk to me about it. So they called Nick into the office and they were like, Hey, like Courtney's photos. And he was like, well, we're not going to change. She goes by Courtney Lynn on the internet. So kids can't find her and it's private. Like you don't get to dictate every part of our lives. And they're like, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can just like, you know, I had like a small stint of working in a school district when I first graduated um, college. (laughs) So like, I am just picturing like one of like the full like team district wide meetings and they're like, so this is something, just imagine like pictures coming up and then being like, so we have to talk about, oh my fucking God. Well, right. That's what
1: I was like. I wish I knew the like details. Like, did they like send them to each other? Was it one person who knew that was like, oh my goodness, like, what are these? Like, I just
0: couldn't stop looking. I right. <laughs> just literally kept <laughs> opening it up. So like we have. Okay, so in like the web three, like in like my little NFT lands that I'm in, like a lot of people talk about community building, because they're, you know, essentially Mm -hmm. doing like, like, concept wise, it's the same thing. Like they're putting out their artwork, their content that they make, whatever. And they're distributing it to their collectors, which are, you know, not much different from subscribers. But like, they talk a lot of people talk about like building community and about like, you know, you can go from having like one or two or three collectors of like your one of one pieces, and then you could have all of a sudden like 3000 collectors, like, what is what would you describe like the relationship or like community building the relationships that you built with your subscribers in like the early days or like community yeah. building, and how that's changed, because obviously, I'm sure you don't have as much time to like give so much attention to people but you do give so much attention to people so I'm done (laughs) rambling you know my question yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well I think I was I've talked about this a lot too and how important it is that people come to OnlyFans or certain platforms right because like yeah they want to see me nude or they want to see sexy content but the biggest part of it that I did not realize is that they want that community and they Mm. want that connection with you Yeah. right you can get you can get nude content, you can get porn so anywhere, exactly. but they want that connection to you. And so it's really important to me that like, I am like vulnerable and I am myself there, that mm-hmm. it's not just this like sexy image, but like that you get to like, get to know me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them too want a place where they can talk about what they're going through and how their day was at work or like their relationship with their partner. Like mm-hmm. I do a lot of coaching on there too, where I help yeah people to like be able to communicate their desires with their partner or like Nick and I were talking about this week is that like I think the part that people don't realize is that like there's people that with like a lot of gambling things and like mm. money things and like I coach people through a lot of different things in there so people know come to me because they know that I'm a safe space right they know that I'm accepting I'm loving and that they get to be all of themselves there and so mm yeah, they get less time with me now. But I still really try and bring that to them always in some way. Maybe it's not so much of a direct message, but it's a live stream where it's Mm -hmm. like me now in the moment. So definitely, that's so important to be able to have that community and connection.
0: It really is. And like, I under like, just as a story of like a personal experience story, like I, both myself and my partner, like we are heavily involved in like the NFT and crypto stuff. And like, we've both launched like projects and collections where we've had really small numbers of like collectors. And then we've had those grown a lot. And we've, we've felt the demands of like these people. And and we know like, okay, yeah. these are people that they actually just like want to be acknowledged, they want to be seen, they want to be recognized as somebody who supports yeah. you. And a lot of times though, it's really hard to like, draw those boundaries so that somebody so somebody understands like your community understands I appreciate you I see you and I love you but I have to like do this for myself like I can't give you all of me all the time and you're already opening up like really intimately to be naked and sexy and (laughs) awesome and sweet and then vulnerable and truly like caring to be able to give people like feedback and help them with their lives like what I just like want to use that to talk a little bit about like what consent looks like, like between communities, like between you and your community and like, you know, the people who are following you, the people who are lurking, whatever, like, what do you think, how do you feel about like, digital consent? And like, how do you set boundaries to protect like yourself and your community and even like your own relationships? Great question.
1: I feel like there is a level of consent that, like, I establish within my, like, energy and how I show up of, like, this is who I am. This is how I show up. This is what I'm available for doing, Mm -hmm. showing. Um, I think one of the ways that I do it digitally is that as soon as you subscribe to my platform, there's an automatic message that is sent out. Mm -hmm. That is like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I would love to hear more about you. These are the things that I'm available for. Mm, And they get that initially so that they know, like, it's safe to message me, show me your desires. But I also do have boundaries around my time. I also do like, I'm only available for these things. Like, Mm -hmm. I have had people message me and they're like, well, I subscribe to this girl and she does this. Mm. And I was like, I love that for you and her. Mm that is not what I do. And if you want to be a part of my community and my page, then this is what I do. Exactly. Like there's no one size fits all. I wouldn't even say that I've had to set boundaries a lot because I think I set that energetically to start of like, Mm. this is who I am, which started with me getting clear on like, what do I feel good about? What do I want to show? How do I want to express myself? And then I send out a message immediately so that they're aware of that as well.
0: I love that so much. So another thing, like that, I think probably it's almost like we were talking about in the beginning. Like looking back on the last year, and you think like, oh my god, I can't even believe that that happens. But like, I think we should not downplay how much the internet has changed. Like in the last ten years, like even in the last like five years or three years. And like, if you're talking about setting up your like Instagram and doing stuff like that back in what you said like 2015 ish, and then 2019, like transitioning and like building your platform on OnlyFans. And then we had like a global pandemic, which obviously I think changed how people use the internet. Like what has, what are yeah. like the the changes that you've been through that you can like identify and say like, oh, this was actually like, this had a big impact on like how I grew my following or what made it more challenging. Like just with the changes of the internet, how has your business strategy changed? Yeah.
1: I think you've kind of talked about some of them where I've had my Instagrams held hostage this yeah. year.
0: Um, <laughs> I hate that story.
1: Yeah, also, I'm happy to tell those stories. Tell, tell it, tell it. You have um, to.
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay, um, so what is happening is that there's this underground world that is going after big content creators. Specifically, I feel like it's mostly women mm-hmm. um, that are on OnlyFans where they know that we're making a lot of money. And what they'll do is they will create bots Mm. and they will mass report our accounts. And so how Instagram (sighs) is programmed is that if you post something and you get, you know, 50 people all at once that are like, Carson's post is so sexually explicit, like it should not be on the internet. Instagram is set to go to just automatically shut down because they see it as a threat to their community. And so if we can get rid of it right now, we can keep our community safe. So what's happening is that these people are creating bots and they'll go on our pages and they will just mass report it. And so it's automatically set to shut down. Um, and so what they then do is that they send you emails um, and they'll say, I have your Instagram. <gasps> and um, if you would like to have it back, you can pay me $10,000. Oh my um, fucking God. That's kind of a general way of how it's working. And so my accounts I've lost Six within about six months, and they just and it can be for anything. The first time I went down, I got taken down for bullying and violence, which you know me. Why?
0: Yeah, what? (laughs) Literally the kindest and most gentle human in the entire fucking world. Right? I was like, I was
1: a special ed teacher, like I'm not like about that. Um, I've gotten taken down for sexually explicit, and at the originally you'd be like, Okay, that makes sense. But at the time I got taken down for sexually expi- explicit, I was only posting photos of me in dresses. Oh my um, God. and so they'll get me for like impersonating and what they'll do is they'll just kind of hold your account hostage until you pay them money. Um, it's happening to, it's not just me. This is a huge multi million dollar underground business that is happening. Oh my and God. because it's happened to me so much, I've like started to, like I talk to people and I'm doing my research. Um. There are a ton of Instagram employees involved in this scam.
0: (gasps) Oh, my! I mean, honestly, I believe it. I'm so devastated. It's like early days, too, of like being able to buy verification, like push yourself through verification. Like that was all that was all internal. All of that shit. That is insane. It doesn't make sense to me how they would, like, how all of a sudden they're able to then, like, put it back up or be in control of, like, putting your accounts back up. Like it, They it's literally so
1: turn it on and turn it off. Oh, my fucking um, God. My main account, so, right, like, verified is supposed to, because my account is verified, mm-hmm. my main one that is still down. It's supposed to essentially protect you to where you can't, like, you're a verified account. You should be protected. You don't just easily go down. And so, what happened is that I got attacked again by the bots on my verified account. And because it was the second time within a month, my account is in a permanent deletion stage. And so, they're saying they're having a hard time getting it back, but it's essentially that they just want me to pay more money.
0: It's such shit, too, because, like, it's crazy, it's horrible. And also, like, so when that happens, like you must, I mean, I'm sure like, because I know you and because you're like a very easygoing and like positive woman, like I'm sure you like yeah. are like, okay, we're just going through this We're moving on. But a part of you has to feel like, what the fuck? Like that's your like livelihood. Like that's your audience is your business.
1: The first time it happened, I cried so much because yeah. it's not just a social media platform. Like we've worked to grow that for years. Mm -hmm. It's also, it is my business. It's my job. It's also my collaborations with Mm -hmm. brands, with other people. Like I do life coaching there and help people. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just one thing. It's like, to me, like everyone knows what it's like to have their phone. You lose that. It's like your photos, Uh, your contacts, your email, like your password. Like it's everything, right? It's your life. Yeah. Yep. That's how it felt like losing my Instagram was like, I had lost. So dumb, but like, kind of lost a part of me. Like, what no, am I gonna do? It's not dumb at all. And how yeah. are people gonna find me again?
0: Well, that's well, that was gonna be my next question is like, how are like, do you have a difficult time? Like, obviously, I'm sure you do because it's not like you have equal number of followers across all your different accounts, but like, how do you then no. like try to bring back and like recapture that audience? Like, you're, There's probably no way except just like working doubly hard, like working your ass off and trying to get views and get looks or whatever.
1: Right. So what happened was I created a back. I had a backup account already Mm -hmm. um, and I had started going that a bunch of my model friends had started shouting me out to kind of like help my people come back to finding me. And then I hit 20,000 and that one got taken down too. And I was like, what the fuck? And then built another one got that one to 20,000 got taken down and I was like this is just like so annoying at this point like and so then I was like I hit this moment where I was like fuck it like I'm not I'm gonna work on this but I'm not gonna work hard because it's not like I feel like it's like you're working really hard and then somebody just like snatches it so running uphill something like Nick and I really worked on is like it doesn't mean anything about me, whether I have a big platform or a verified account, like it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't stop me from making money. It doesn't stop me from having Mm. the collaborations that I want. Like I still got my teeth done on a collaboration. I didn't have an Instagram. Um, I've still made a shit ton of money. I had 1500 followers when TMZ did this, the article about me being a millionaire had my highest grossing month ever. Like we do get kind of consumed in this like social media, like the numbers, right. the numbers this this thing, and it when it comes when it this happened to me over and over, I was like, "Fuck, it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. it really like I still get to have the things I want and the experiences I want, even though I have this like little baby Instagram
0: a hundred percent, and I think it goes back to like having like what you were saying, like diversifying your like revenue streams, diversifying yep. like where you are exerting your energy and like making space for other things because look at how much energy like opened up when you lost your main account you had 1500 followers or whatever and then you all of a sudden had all this space for tmz to do that fucking huge article by yeah. the way i want to point out for people that listen like press like news media is obsessed with you like the tabloids daily Star, I, love TMZ. I love that <laughs> i love it so fucking much like but yeah. you made space for all this and then look what happens like it's amazing but I think for yeah. me like one of my one of the questions like I wanted to ask you one of the things I want to talk talk to you about a little bit later but like it seems to be coming up right now like this is what kind of my fundamental like issues are with some of these platforms like it is kind of pay to play. Like you when it comes to Instagram, when it comes to social media, you don't own your audience. Like you're Correct. you can lose them in an instant. And I think like I also feel this way about OnlyFans a little bit. And I'm sure like it it would be it's gonna be a little bit difficult for you maybe to like say too much negativity about OnlyFans is like you are literally one of like their top superstars of the platform. But my issue is like one, revenue shit splitting is like really, I think extortionary on OnlyFans. I understand platforms have to run and make money, whatever. My second like biggest issue is lack of insight to data, like creators not having insight to data of like who their subscribers are. Like I understanding having like people might want their privacy protected, but why you can't have imagine if you could have like direct contact like via an email like somebody could opt in via email and you could have a newsletter and you could be like creating different revenue streams on the side with direct contact or just knowing like when are my not want that they want none of that and i also think that like (laughs) they're they're so precious about that data and i also think that they're more they protect their the users like the subscribers more than they protect the creators and like 10,000%. there's data hacks and leaks and all of this shit of of creators like private information and that to me like makes it really difficult for me like it gives me mixed feelings about you know, here's this platform that's empowered so many people like you uh-huh. to make changes, not even just people who are posting like who have like sexy content, stuff like that, but in other content creation avenues. But yeah. also, like, then there's the other side of this where it's like, is it really empowering or is it like continuing to keep you in this like bubble and box that they're creating? So I wanted to ask, like, that's if there's anything that like you can say that would change my mind about like these platforms, like, what no. is <laughs> okay <good. laughs> okay so follow up is like if you could have a meeting with like the top executives and like yeah. the the playmakers at these platforms like what would you implore them to change like what would be your top three things that you would change
1: oh my god i was gonna say i have a list do you remember when i actually fought only fans in the media I think I do. Well, this is like when we first were, like, we had, like, just barely met. You look, that article right there is me in the New York Post going against OnlyFans yes, and fighting bitch! the CEO. Good. Um, they're aware of me. I don't think they actually enjoy me as a human.
0: <laughs> well, they make because plenty of money off of you, I I'm think, sure.
1: Oh, they've made multiple six figures off of me. Um, They're welcome. Yeah. But you're welcome. You know, <laughs> you're welcome. You can send me like a bouquet of flowers or something. Yeah, a Christmas you know, card. A fucking Christmas card or something, <laughs> please. Jesus. Real, some merch? I'm open. Um, no, there's a lot of things like you said, where they don't protect the creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I feel like I have a list of things. One being that they take 20% of everything. Mm-hmm which I understand that they have costs to run their their website and their things and they're making money. However, when somebody tips, if you order Postmates or Uber Eats or something yeah. and you tip your driver, yes. 100% of that tip
0: goes to the driver.
1: Yep. That is not how it works in OnlyFans. When somebody sends me a tip, they go ahead and take their 20% as That's well. That's
0: bullshit. That's bullshit. Like show me any other industry where that happens. Like that net, like you said, even Uber drivers, fucking bartenders, waitresses, like that never happens. Aestheticians, if you go to a fucking spa and tip your aesthetic, like that's crazy. Right.
1: It's crazy. And because you have people who want to spoil you and take care of you. And so they'll send, you know, an amount of money and they've gone ahead and taken their 20% and right away. So that to me is very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, what a lot of creators creators started to do was, when they were maybe selling a higher end item or a Facetime or something like that, was that they would have them pay through Venmo, PayPal. Yeah. Well, OnlyFans picked this up and has banned all of those words, and so they immediately delete the messages (gasps) once they realize that you've said PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, any kind of Zelle. Um, they delete the, the message. That's horrible. So like, that that's to me horrible. is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also like they will, they don't actually go to the creator when they have a change in the community, a change in guidelines. Um, my frustration with this moment was that they told us that they were banning explicit content, but never actually went to the creator and was like, here's the situation. Mm-hmm. We're no longer allowing this kind of a content. Right. Right um what is explicit content like what it means to you and what it means to me could be totally different totally but they just are like you said they're more about their um consumer and they don't ever really take care of their creators which is what is bringing people to the platform in the first place
0: totally and I do I remember like so a couple years ago this may like five years ago a, a couple friends of mine who have like a creative agency They were like hired by OnlyFans because they were telling me about it. We were catching up and they're like, yeah, well, OnlyFans like doesn't want to like they they want to rebrand and like focus on creating marketing Mm -hmm. campaigns, marketing campaigns that like really highlight and amplify non like non sex worker content, basically like non sexy content, non explicit. They're like, oh, yeah, they have chefs and hairdressers and stuff. And I was like, you know, that's really fucking ironic after it becomes a multi-billion dollar platform off the backs no pun intended of like sexy people and then all of a sudden you want to like you want to like flip the scripts like that like it doesn't work like that like it's so exploitative
1: yeah that's literally what I went back and forth with him about so he released the CEO at the time he has since stepped down he released a statement in the New York Post saying that like OnlyFans will no longer allow explicit content. Mm -hmm. I released a statement and I was like, you're not going to do this after you've built a billion dollar platform. I think it's billion, multiple millions. Yeah. um, On, like you said, literally our backs, right? It's women, it's people of the LGBT, like are your predominant creators on this platform and you're literally going to go against all of us. So that article came out. He saw it, released a statement in the New York Post against me and said, I'm trying to protect people like Tilia and I'm like, you're not protecting me when you're like literally when he released that statement saying that they were no longer people stopped buying content because they were going to lose it. Yeah, people exactly. stopped subscribing to the platform in Definitely. many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what long story short is what happened was that he wanted to have an app on the app store. And Apple like, was like, uh, absolutely not. You're a porn-based website. Of course. Even though Twitter right. has porn, I'm not really sure yeah. <laughs> how that works. Um, and then he ended up saying that it was MasterCard wouldn't process statements. And I MasterCard remember that came out and was like, don't get us involved in this. Like, we are not, that is not our issue. And then all of a sudden, within like 72 hours, he was like, no issue. Go back to creating as you wish.
0: Well, and it just it, went away. and it just it, it yeah, for now, I'm sure. like that's what the issue is right. is like, and I'm sure that's a bit like again, can't focus your energy on this. You can't be like obsessing over what well, ifs like, and ca- like catastrophizing and whatever. but like that's the whole thing is like, well, when's the next time that they come around and they say that they don't want to do it and that they threaten like your livelihood again? And I think like this is like part of the problem too, is like even if you want to just start your own, like autonomous, uh, like self run platform, you would have to, again, like start from scratch, like how, because what, what kind of consequences would you face from only fans if they found out that you were like promoting or, you know, or disclosing that you were launching your own platform, like they would shut you down in a fucking second. Yeah. yeah. It's just such shit. But I, Want to stop and play a game? I always play a game with my guests of. Yes, I love a game. <laughs> We're gonna play a game of "fuck, marry or kill," which is what I play with oh. everybody, and I Great. I cater it to my guests. This is the Courtney edition. It is OnlyFans, Amazon, or Instagram, Ooh. and Instagram. Oh I man, say. I know, I know, I made this hard for you. I was like, I do not. I was like, she's gonna have a hard time with this. So, but I, I know, know you're up because for it. I love and hate all of them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, floor is yours, baby girl. I'm gonna start
1: with kill because I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take out. I'm gonna kill um, Instagram. <laughs> okay, bull. I love it. Um, you know, I'm working on building a better relationship with with them, but. In the moment, that's just where where I'm at. Okay, I Um, get that. I'm going to, oh God, I don't want to, maybe I need to change this around because I don't want (laughs) to fucking marry or fuck Amazon. (laughs) Okay, wait, I'm going to change. I want to redo, I
0: want to redo. Okay, okay, okay. I want to fucking
1: kill Amazon. Okay. Even though I use their services Wait, I know.
0: I was looking at your Amazon wish list today. I was like, I'm gonna add some of these things to my wish list too. I was like, my birthday is really? coming up. Great, and I saw in Do- Dr. Phil. You're like, oh my god, people send me this from my Amazon. I was like, oh, Dude, I, I love so her. That. <laughs> oh, did you you did. See the the comment section was like, if she really makes
1: that much money, why does she have to get things from a wish list?
0: Because I deserve it, bitch. (laughs) Because I fucking deserve it. You don't like gifts, boo boo? (laughs) No. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Like, what? Just because I got, right? Just because I got money doesn't mean so now I don't deserve things. Like, hello, broaden your horizons, bitch. I love that.
1: For real. Okay, I'm gonna kill Amazon. Mm -hmm. Goodbye with them, and I'm going to fuck OnlyFans because I feel like that's appropriate. And um, I'll end up going from killing to marrying Instagram.
0: Oh my God, that's beautiful. I love that, yeah. that transition. I mean, marrying is like long-term commitment. People can work on changing and improving. Yeah,
1: we're going to work on this together. I think they have a There's brilliant counseling. platform. We just need to
0: have work out some, some disagreements. <laughs> exactly. And that's what marriage is all about. You marry somebody because... You love the best parts of them enough, and you believe that in right. your ability to change the worst parts of them. That's marriage. Exactly. In my okay. okay. Wait, I love it. We're married. Very good. Congrats! <laughs> and anybody who wants to buy anything off your wedding registry, it won't be on Amazon, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, That's this perfect. is this is good. I want to talk about this um, about relationships, actually, in general, because. I, for people who don't know, I love you and Nick. I love your relationship. Like I love you. you guys separately as two separate people. You guys are my friends, like instant connection. I love your relationship with each other. I love how much you support each other. Thank you. I think that, you know, as somebody who's like newly found their person, their forever person and found that person online, like we, we were two people that spend so much time online. I've also seen you know my friends and i've seen people in like the crypto and twitter and nft space like they spend so much time online and sometimes their partners don't get that and like that can be like damaging to your relationship or you can find a way to like really embrace that in your relationship like for us in my relationship like we support each other through like the things that we have to do online through social media through content creation whatever but i know that i'm for some people it's probably really difficult and some people like other couples that might end up in a position that you and nick are in whether whatever the type of content is whatever your commitment or involvement to online and building a social presence is like and not have the same level and like the same quality of relationship that you guys have like i guess the question is really like what are what is like the advice for being somebody who has a business and a brand and an identity that is predominantly online? And how do you then kind of make sure that there's still space and that there's, you know, safety and stability in your real life in person relationship, especially like in your romantic relationship?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the key to literally everything, including this is like communication. Mm. Like, what does that look like? For you? And for me, like, your needs, my needs. I think it's like really understanding yourself and your person to be able to communicate. How does this impact our relationship? What does this look like? What are our desires? I know Nick has talked about this a lot online recently is like, making sure that you're compatible. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays are like going with like, I just love you. And that's amazing. But like, there's a long term compatibility too. of like, what is your like, what do you actually want? Like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Do you, what do you want as like a career or, or a business or making money or expression? And I think even though Nick and I started off in totally different careers, mm-hmm. we've always been on this long-term path of like wanting to do TV and wanting to yeah. express ourselves and wanting to like show all of our lives. And so I think that compatibility from the very beginning has allowed us to continue to grow in the way that we have. But that communication piece from the very beginning and throughout is so important.
0: So important. It is. And I I appreciate that a lot. And like, yeah. uh, in terms of like communication, also, like, to, I want to preface this question to say that, like, I see a lot, obviously, because I'm obsessed with you guys, again, I've already said it, I see a lot of like the things that you guys talk about and that you're open about and like even heard it on Dr. Phil and people are like, well, what about your kids? Like, what do your kids think of what you do? And like, would you, so that's not my fucking question because I think that that's bullshit. It's like, it's everybody's right to raise their kids the way that they want to, but to talk about, nobody
1: asked that about the CEO's (laughs) kids or the doctor's kids. Like, are your kids even happy? Like nobody asked that.
0: It's literally only because I do sex work exactly and like like asking a doctor like what do your kids think about you cutting into people's bodies like or a ceo of a multi-billion dollar company like what do your kids think about you like exploiting people for money like whatever you know or making money off the backs of your entire business but anyways so that's not what my question about my question is about like what are you how are you like communicating with your kids and teaching your kids about the internet and about like safe practices on the internet about just the evolution wow. of the internet. I'm sure it plays a huge role in their lives because they're at the age where, you know, it's the generation that they've probably had a phone. Like I think like I was born in 95. I think I was probably the I'm probably the last year even of people or if not generation of of people who didn't grow up with a phone or an iPad like at their You know, to request a song like my four-year-old stepson requests songs in the car, and me and my partner are always like, "Remember when we used to listen to fucking radio? Like that's you couldn't ask your mom or dad to play a song, but like, or the question I'm bored in the car, and I was like, look out the window, look out the window." (laughs) But so what are you like as somebody who as two parents who are online, who exist online, who built businesses and identities and brands online, like what are you teaching your kids about the Internet?
1: Yeah, you know, we've always had age appropriate conversations with them and also come from the place of like, we don't want our kids to live in a fear-based world. True. Where, Mm -hmm. like, they live of, of like, I just remember growing up and them being like, oh, don't take candy and don't pet the puppy from the guy in the van, right? And I was always afraid, like, looking out for the guy in the van, and and that, like, never happened to me, and I'm grateful for that. But I lived very much in a fear-based world a lot of times because my parents were always like, watch out for this and watch out for this and watch out for this. And so with us, it's more of a, like, we want to give you the knowledge of like, like, okay, like our kids watch TikTok a lot. Yeah. And they'll come forward with some, they'll say some stuff. And I'm like, I just need you to know that not everything on the internet is true. True. right? Like this, this TikTok that you just heard is bullshit. <laughs> um,
0: I love that. And
1: So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like having those age appropriate conversations. And giving them the knowledge of the internet and that people can really post anything and they'll come across things about me sometimes. And I'm like, you don't need to believe everything Mm. that you see on there. And so it's kind of more like we give them the information, but we also don't want them to live in fear. Um, And also, like, they see it as a very powerful tool. Our youngest was like, in kindergarten, was like, I want to be a, I want to, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. I think they see the potential in using the internet and these different apps as, like, a a power.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought up YouTube because this is something that is, like, permeating in our households, like, in our home conversations and, like, our parenting conversations together because we have, like – my stepson is like he has such a personality so awesome like he'll carry around my phone and do like five minute videos of like hey hey I'm at my I'm at my dad's house like here's Carson here's my Christmas tree like so funny and awesome and we love that but then like we were we went through a phase where we were like letting him watch like these kids channels on YouTube and we were like, we would, we were like, oh, how bad can this be? It's got like nine million views. Like nine million people's, like nine million kids' parents were like, this is okay to watch or whatever. And then when we sat down and watched it, we were like so disgusted and like repulsed by like, These are all ads like they are all ads and you can't communicate that to kids. And like we're even sucked into this conspiracy of like there is like a there has to be like a high frequency sound that only like children under 10 years old can fucking hear because (laughs) it makes the kids like zombies like they and then they act crazy like uh, they I literally watched my stepson's cousin just like punch him while they were in like a YouTube trance. Like, so you create content, you have built a business through creating content. Then your son comes to you and he says, I want to start a YouTube channel. Like what's your, as like a mom, no wrong answer. Like as parents, how are you guys then saying like empowering him to take that journey or saying you can do that when you, you know, when you're this age or when you have buy your own phone, your own equipment, like what is that? What is like enabling and like empowering him to do that look like for you guys?
1: Our kids already have YouTube channels and do create. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they came to us when they were really young, like wanting to create, and it started off with um the unboxing. Yes. I'm sure. Your son watches those where they, like, will unbox toys. At the time, we didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, I don't know where you're getting all these toys to <laughs> unbox and film. But it's <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: but good luck. Um, Here's my empty Amazon box. I the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> unboxing air. Like, I love that. Right? Sell it, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Right. Um, But it
1: was, like, them being able to create and us being able to... Not monitor because it's not like a helicopter parent, but like still monitor what they're creating, what they're they they weren't able to upload and stuff themselves, so of course. it was still us like very much involved in that. Um And it was like it's it was them having like coloring contests. Essentially, yeah, it was like one they had seen online where you got to pick like three mystery markers and you had to color the picture. Whatever. Anyway, so it was like that stuff like that. So like really supporting them in their creation our oldest son is like really has a tiktok with some of his friends and I was going through it the other day and I was like these are really good like I'm actually really (laughs) impressed with like I love that (laughs) you're like I was like
0: I'm really impressed seal approval I would subscribe to that babe I would subscribe (laughs) you're gonna earn mommy's follow you're gonna earn my follow and earn my likes
1: welcome. Um, So I think it's like allowing them the space to be creative and Mm -hmm. grow, but also still as a parent, like checking in and monitoring, like, what are you creating? What are you watching? What are you producing? Whatever different things and still having like your involvement in it.
0: Totally. Well, I'm sure it's, it is helpful and also like healthier that both you and Nick have built your own, like your own online platforms and personas and and yeah. presence. So you're not trying to like live vicariously through them. You're not trying to like monetize mm-hmm. them. Like I'm I am see you guys as no. the type of parents that are like, if you know, one of the boys got like an endorsement or a deal, like that's their money. Like that's their they've earned 100%. that. Like, so I love that yeah. so much. I think it's just like, yeah, we're in a new world. Like we're in literally like a new we're entering new like phases of the Internet, like every single day and a while ago like little story time like throwback when we had a conversation with some other people about turning you into an nft i'm doing my air quotes which was like
1: are you talking (laughs) about that call that we did yeah
0: it was insane okay so i'm sure since then like you've probably noticed that publicity about crypto in general has picked up and The internet's changing, like not to put you on the spot, but like I, because I am technically like a crypto podcast, I wanted to ask like, what is your like stance on this right now? Like, what are your questions? Like do you, or your concerns? Like just your thoughts in general about this changing? Like, it's also okay if you're like, I have no thoughts about it at all. I haven't thought about it any, but like, I just wanted to know if you have, like since we spoke about it over a year ago for the first time, Like what has happened since then? Have you had any like, you know, has there been any conversation or any ideas since then?
1: We we we're invested in crypto. Nice. Um, I know that crypto in the last little while has taken a hit. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't say that I fully understand it. I feel That's like fine. you've tried to explain NFTs to me and crypto, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs>
0: J- J- Dude, I, I don't, don't fucking, I don't get... fully understand it. I don't fully understand it, so don't worry. Yeah, I
1: love the idea of it. I love, like, I've paid for things in crypto. Nice. Um, I have crypto. I'm open to NFTs. Like, I know we've discussed it. Yeah. I know that... Um. After the OnlyFans said that MasterCard or whatever, there was becoming some crypto-based kind yeah. of social media platforms was kind mm-hmm. of picking up as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, there's, you know, crypto and sex work has had, like, a really intimate relationship for a long time. Like, yeah. really for a lot longer even than, like, we've been talking about NF... Like, anybody's been talking about NFTs or anything because a lot of platforms, like... PayPal or Stripe or Zelle or whatever, or even OnlyFans, like they will block people's accounts, block people's payments, like anything that is transactional, especially when it comes to explicit content. So sex workers being paid in crypto is is like a very long history. And I think everything that we've talked about in this conversation, really, especially when it comes to like owning your audience and like owning yeah. kind of the 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 presence and like your digital identity i think that's where like crypto and nfts really can be like a positive can have a positive impact in growth like in in creators growth and i think even like technology and porn even this goes far back like 200 fucking yeah. years basically probably not 200 years like 50 years but like these things are so connected but it comes back to the question of like just the same way as like you have a level of difficulty from moving followers from one you know official courtney tillia to mrs tillia to the real courtney tillia like all of these different like how It's one thing to launch a platform or to post your stuff and say, like, I'm selling it as an NFT, but like, it's a completely other beast to then have your community understand what the fuck that means. Like, I think there's no question there. I just wanted to make like that statement of like, someday, I think it will be awesome. But for right now, it's like, it's so much work for not that much of a reward. Like the incentive isn't strong enough for people to move over, I think. Totally. But anyways, and I think like another thing that I want to talk about is just like we which we have probably a little bit already is just like digital identity, like because digital Mm -hmm. identity is such a huge concept in Web3, but it's also such a huge concept in just like our everyday life. Like what like parts would you say that like you are like your 100 percent like most authentic like self online or like are there where do you like draw the line of like protecting cuz you show your family like you talk about like really intimately about your family yeah. about your life about everything like where you like and i think like your grandmother passed away right earlier this year like you or last year like you were really open about that like when it comes to your digital identity like where is the limit of what you share online if there is one
1: um to be honest i feel like i don't show <laughs> nick and i've actually talked about showing like more of me because there is a part of me that, like, a lot of people online where they want to just show the good parts, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at how great things are. So but, like, also talking about, like, the things that make me more of me, my personality, and just, like, talking every day. As far as the things that I kind of protect, there aren't a lot. Um, because something that's really important to Nick and I is that, like, we really are our full selves. in the world like we use it as a way of like inspiring people and helping people and to show people what's available to them yeah um and so I mean there are like intimate details that probably aren't shown but I wouldn't I mean even that's probably on OnlyFans like I don't even (laughs) (laughs) but like I do like as far as like protecting myself like I don't post my locations of places Mm. until like after I've left somewhere Mm. like that I think that's probably the everybody that has has, everybody
0: should be doing that like I I stopped doing that like I don't post stories and shit until I'm home well after the event like it's just too dangerous and too scary Yep. well I just have to ask like what parts of yourself like especially it's a new year whatever like what parts of yourself like you said in that conversation with Nick like are you looking forward to showing or like are you kind of nervous about showing like I'm putting on the spot here but like what are (laughs) some of those things
1: so like I kind of grew up and was like seen as being like too much um like my personality was like just like I'm very sassy and (laughs) me too me too baby and so like (laughs) it kind of got me in trouble there I was like the black sheep and so like I've always been like while I'm very explicit and very um, out there sexually and and in many ways, like I don't actually fully allow my personality or that sassy Mm. side to come forward. And so it's like showing more of like my like all of me not just like the compartmentalized like this is my family. This is sexy me. This is old teacher me but like just like the whole thing.
0: Yes, the full the full Courtney. I love that so much. It's so good and like i can relate to like i think you know when i first start like i think it's worth like letting people talking about it on this podcast so like people know that like when we first met each other i was like i had literally just moved to la i was like spring chicken so green like we were going and dancing at like gay clubs and like living our best lives like there was nothing like it, there was just so much opportunity happening. And like COVID had just like, like we were allowed to be out in LA without masks on. Like it was amazing. And I want people to know that like, when I met you and Nick, like you guys were just awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, like, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even think I was like, what do you do for work? Like, I don't even think we like, we just were friends like instantly. And then I think you guys followed me and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to follow them back. And I was like, holy shit. This is fucking, look at these people that I look at my friends now. Like this is sexy. (laughs) Like this is fucking awesome. Like I think people should know like that's just how down to earth and cool and awesome you guys are. And like, I had, (laughs) I've lost my train of thought on that, but like, I do feel like it's, it, oh, this was what I want to say is that, like, at that time, then I was just starting to build and, like, amass an audience, like, via the crypto and Web3 stuff. And, like, I really built this audience based on, like, this specific brand and tone of, like, what I was calling, like, blockchain baddie, like, shit posting and all of that. And then I, like, obviously, that wasn't, like, what I'm coming to terms with and what I'm being open about is, like, that wasn't, like, my truest. And, like, most authentic self. Like that was the self of me that was like, this is how I'm going to get engagement. This is how I'm going to get followers. This is how I'm going to build a platform. And now like, and I think that that hurt me a lot because I started to like embody Mm -hmm. that in other parts of my life and like continue down like self-sabotaging and like low self-respect, low vibrational like energy and actions. And now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of in a phase of like, reintroducing myself, like showing the full me, like, yeah, I am like still a blockchain baddie and like I still am a funny bitch, but like I'm also like really caring. And like I am like I have I'm really smart and I also don't know things. And like this is I'm soft and like I'm in a relationship and this is me. Like and I think it's just Yeah. Once you like take that step like you you know I think you have to again make space for like new things to come in and just trust. That you're going to be taking care of once you're yourself. Totally,
1: it feels so scary to take that leap and to be like that, like true vulnerable self. But like something I always remind myself too is like the most loved and accepted and like I've ever felt is when I'm like actually like fully me. Yes, and it really translates well to like business too because people really enjoy that you're a human. Mm -hmm. And you're not just this like perfect little soul on the internet, um, but that you are like all the things that make you you. And so, it's easy sometimes for me to even say that, but like it is like keep practicing and reminding yourself that it's like fully safe for you to be all of that.
0: I love that so much. Okay, last question, and then I'll let you go um, because this has been amazing, and I could literally talk to you all day. But you know the wine's hitting when I start losing my train of thought. So besides you know, being your true full Courtney self this year, what do you have like plans? Like what are your big business plans, goals? Like what's on deck for at least the first quarter, first half of the year or the whole year?
1: More TV.
0: Nice. More,
1: more, more TV. Like showing, we have a personal TV show in the works.
0: Nice. also like
1: family and
0: just, us being ourselves I mean we ended the year with Dr. Phil and so I'm like we're ready oh my god I love it so wait are there deals like are deals happening are you in talks with deals we're we're in talks
1: um we have a show written we're just waiting on the production
0: part of it okay amazing oh you know I'll watch I'll be there every night with my popcorn Come on, Netflix, give these fucking people a show. They deserve right? I'm it.
1: I'm like, come on, what are you waiting for? People are ready.
0: Also, just side note, like, I love that you were on Dr. Phil, like, his full circle moment. Right? I used to li- literally watch Dr. Phil every day when I was in like middle yeah. school and high school. Like, so cool. It was so totally. cool. such a surreal moment. Um, it's huge. It's iconic. Thing. It's fucking iconic. Like, Dr. Phil is iconic, American, daytime. Te- like, primetime television. Like, it's fucking iconic yeah. to be on Dr. Phil. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I love it.
1: It was so great. I was scared, though, because he was always a big... He was mean back in the day.
0: I know. I remember. He would, like, give the heat. He'd be like, what are you doing with your laugh? Like, that was... <laughs> When the producers contacted me, I
1: was like, listen, this is what I'm not going to do is get reamed a new asshole by Dr. Phil and
0: his audience. And they were like, absolutely not. Oh, my God. Good. No, I thought that they were really good. I also loved that you and Nick got like first spot. Like you guys were like first, like because you had the best stories. I was like. Ooh, and then I was like oh good I don't have to watch the rest of this because I saw my people now <laughs> I was Like I know was the
1: um, they uh they loved us so much that the show format actually changed to be about us and they contacted me like two days before and were like we want to come to your house and film your family it was it was truly such a perfect experience um it was but, so cool yeah, I loved seeing the boys on that. it
0: and, and the dogs and all of that I was just mm-hmm. like I was like ah oh, they deserve it Okay, well, okay, Courtney, I love you. Tell people like I where where can they follow you right now? Like <laughs> subject to change because of Instagram bots, but like where are we finding you right now?
1: Yeah, if you Google, like if you search Courtney Tillia, you'll find me somewhere, whether it's Twitter, TikTok,
0: Instagram, OnlyFans. I love that. Okay. So Google Courtney Tilia and you'll find it I'll also post the links that I can find find all All of of your accounts. (laughs) Yeah. All of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Please. Thank you for
1: having me. Big,
0: huge, huge hugs to Nick and you and everything. And we'll talk soon. I love you. Love you. Thank you so much for joining. I'm Carson Daly. You can't go a week in crypto without Carson Daly. The Carson Daly Show is a production of Decential Media produced by Matt Bogart with music by Woody. Talk to you soon.